Welcome to the Rich Man Podcast with me, your host, corporate dropout turned seven-figure CEO in 18 months, Melanie Aubert. I'm a business coach that's determined to normalize women and wealth. We are completely ditching the old, outdated boys club way of running a business, and I'm teaching you the new way of attraction marketing, soulful selling, and wealth embodiment. Instead of marrying the rich man, we are the rich man. Get comfortable, get ready, and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rich Man Podcast. Today is a very exciting day. We have Jenny here with us, who has been in my world for quite some time. She's a Matrix member. She is one of my favorite humans on the planet, so I'm excited to have her here today. She's a mom of two, making consistent 10K months and working less than her nine to five. Uh, And one thing that I love about you, Jenny, that you teach is obviously helping your clients transform their skills into a dream business with ease, with ease, because being a mom, uh, and I will soon find this out, ease is a, is a note, like you have to have ease when it comes to your business. So I'm super, super excited to have you on this podcast. Um, Do you want to give a quick introduction to yourself and how you got started in this entrepreneurial world? Sure. Um, I got actually started with like sleep sleep consultancy. So with my own kids, because they had trouble sleeping, I decided like I want to help others too. And transitioning from my corporate job to like sleep consultant business, having my own, own, own business was like a totally different world. And I, I have to say like, I've been here maybe maybe it's been like one and a half years, like one, one year full time. So I've learned like, so, so, so freaking much. And I feel like now with the sleep consultant business, cause I've seen like the growth, the, the evolution that I've gone through. I feel like I want to help others like do the same thing, like have their, their like ideas and dreams and just make them come true. So that's, that's, I guess how it started. I love that. And I love that you were so niched and you were like, people need help with sleep. Here I go. And you, you started your business. You jumped into nine to five. It's been quite some time since I remember that feeling. So I'm excited to talk about we're here today and you're going to walk us through the five main difficulties, new entrepreneurs face that you want to walk them through, talk them through, uh, again, cause I don't really speak to beginners as often as I used to. So I'm really excited to have you on here and talk about that. But I think coming from a very unique perspective too, being a mom, having the ease, replacing your nine to five income and more and working less. Like there's so many factors that play into this. Are you okay if we just dive into the difficulties now? Of course. Of course. Let's go. Awesome. Okay. What's the first one that you'd say is the biggest difficulty that newer newer entrepreneurs face? I think it's that you don't have a focus. Like you're not sure what to focus on. Like what are the tasks that are the most important ones? Like that's also like how I remember I started. It's like I was doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. And then like instead it would have been like for me and I, I think for many, many other entrepreneurs, beginner, beginners, it would be so much different if you knew like, okay, like what brings in the money, what brings in the clients, the new people into my world. And then if you focus on those from the beginning, it's just so much more efficient instead of like I was just like running all over the place, trying different things. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And I think what's really nice for you too, is because you were a mom, right? You had no choice, but to get like efficient really fast because like we can't waste any more time. So what are some things that you'd say just at the top of your head that are like 
kind of wasteful tasks and, and tasks that you're like, okay, here's what we need to focus on. Here's like the priority when it comes to like starting a new or uh, in the beginner stages of entrepreneurship, would you say? Well, definitely at least things that I focused on that are, are like, you know, not worth it at all is like all those like emails. Like I used to spend so much time on my emails, just like, okay, I need to get this perfect answer to this perfect, like, you know, they could be the perfect next client. And then instead I could just, you know, get it done quickly and then focus on those things. For example, on social media, like the posts and reaching so many more people. So like expanding that instead of focusing on like one single person for such a long time. And those like, if you want, you can feel like all your time, your whole day with these like small tasks that in the end, like they're nothing. Like then if you, if you think about your day, like after it's like, okay, like I got done so many things. And then when you think about the projects that you really wanted to take forward, it's like nothing happened. Yeah. And I think we think that like busy is productive and it's not right. So, so we say that content's the most important piece of like getting yourself to the masses, like more broad, uh, not spending too much time going individual with each person trying to make it, you know, more than it needs to be. Is there anything else that you're like, focus on this? This is crucial. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I, I just want to add also to the content because the content is also like you can you can spend like hours on one piece of content, but in the beginning, because post it no more than thirty minutes, like just get yourself seen, get yourself heard. Do you recommend just from your experience when it comes to how often you prefer showing up? Like, would you say daily, multiple times per week? Like, what what, what would you say your your standard for efficiency would be when it comes to content? I think something in between, like daily, especially for me, it was like really like I couldn't do it in the beginning. But just to find like your own rhythm, I think that's the most important thing. Just find what works for you for that time period. Like when I started, I had I had a um, two and a half year old and like a less than a year old like at home. So I I I couldn't do like every day. Like no way. <laughs> so it just tried to be constant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I I love that that permission and find your own consistency. That's the most important piece. Is being consistent in your own way is so, so, so important. Did you find, and we'll move on. I just want to ask you this question. Did you find yourself feeling guilty for not being or doing more given with like your current capacity? Did you, how did you work through that feeling of, I physically don't have more to give. And I know that in this world we preach, we don't preach, but people preach like hustling and working harder and like there's no excuses. Um, How did you work through that mindset block? I guess the top of my mind was that it's temporary. Like, first of all, like I like I used to work a lot of evenings and weekends. Not anymore. Those are like, like not really, especially except like this is in the evening for me now. I don't at the moment work evenings and weekends. I did before, but it's that I remember why I started it. Like, what's the whole big picture? Like, I'm working to get the ease and freedom. And I do, I do realize that it takes more work in the beginning. Yeah. Airplanes use 30% of their fuel at takeoff. So we use a bit more of our energy for sure. So giving yourself permission to find your own consistency and knowing that it does take a little bit of grit. It takes a little bit of like intentional, like I have to show up, not a have to of like, you're doing it for a reason. Um, but it's enough. It's enough, right? Like that's the biggest piece. It's enough. Okay. I love that. Okay. What would number two be? So number one is not, not focusing on, not getting clear on like what your focus should be. We said it was content, finding your own consistency. I love that permission. Uh, num- what's number two? That you don't have a brand. You don't have your own voice. And it's not 
I wouldn't say is like the most important thing in the beginning, but it's definitely, definitely, definitely worth it to start building from the beginning. So, you know, it's the outside things like colors. And so, you know, your, your posts look like they have a theme. It doesn't need to be strict, but like some kind of a theme there. And then like to have your message, but it's, I think in the beginning, it's a little, little bit like just trying out what works for you and what kind of things you like. But then like once you get clear on that, then just like use it because it'll be definitely to your advantage. Like the earlier you just start building it. Yeah. I remember when I first started, one of the biggest things was I was not replicating other people's voices, but I, I didn't know how to how to have no, my own voice. I was like, but they're doing it good. So maybe I should just like do what they do. How would you recommend someone find their own brand voice and like, and establish that for themselves? What would be the first step? Would you say? Well, I mean, I think in the beginning, it is exactly like you said, you just try on like different things. And then you see like, Ugh, like, I didn't like that. Or okay, yeah, this is perfect. Like, this is what I love. Like this, this feels right. So then through experience, you just see, I mean, you have like some kind of an idea, I guess, like when you start, but then just try it out. Like, that's what I said, like in the beginning, try it out and find, find your voice, like be like experimental in the beginning. And then once you find it, like just settle with it. Yeah. I have a theory that the hardest part about the brand voice, just now looking back in hindsight is we're multifaceted human beings. Like you're funny, you're witty, like you're a mother, you're this. So like we have different versions of us. And sometimes the hardest piece is like, how do I mash all that together and make that more cohesive? And for me, what felt really good was like being a bit of all of it, like, but at one at a time. And then from there, I was like, oh, now I can see how this all flows. So uh, be yourself, I think is the most important piece. And if you do resonate with how other people are doing it, you can replicate it in your own way, but just know that who you be and who you are is, is enough. Like it's great. And I always say too, and like, you know, this Jenny, but I talk a lot about how, um, you just talk as you would with a friend, like, or, or like someone that you love. It's just like, that's the same kind of communication style that I would say is the most important, but we do worry. I spent, I think three months, I was, I lied six months worrying about a logo that I never used. And I was like, made no sense. So I've, I've been there. Is there anything else that you want to add when it comes to brand and, and, and the voice piece? I think just have no pressure with it. Just try it out and don't like have pressure that I need to get like all my sides out at once, but just like, you know, like this one piece of content could show your fun side. The other piece of content could show like your, uh, I follow the rules like this is, or, or like some action points emphasizing part or wh whatever you have there. So then just like, it doesn't need to all come out at once. Yeah. If you're more like educational style, like I, I think really playing with what, like I'm a nerd. So I love like talking through education pieces. Not everyone's like that, but they prefer more storytelling or whatever that is. But either way, I agree with that. There's no pressure that made, that, that made me feel better. So I hope that made everyone else feel better too. So awesome. I love that. So number one, clarity on what to focus on to the brand voice piece is most important. What would be the third main difficulty that you see new entrepreneurs face? I mean, I get the feeling like in the beginning, you just want to get kind of like experience. You just want to get your first clients, but then like it does kind of like set a path. Like then like it gets your mindset fixed. Like, okay, I'm working with this low rate or something. So then instead, if you'd have it like a little bit higher, then 
maybe your self-esteem goes up a bit and you, you know value yourself more also but the thing with really low prices is that um well it sets a tone like i said like kind of like creates what your brand is about a little bit um but then if you have a lot of clients because with cheap prices you can have like way more clients then you don't have time to grow you don't have time to like make the plans and develop your business that is definitely something that i faced earlier um but it's like you need you need time you need freedom you need like emptiness to come up with all those new creative plans for the future so if you just don't you know if you don't have time then you're kind of stuck and you don't have like you just have so much time so if you don't have any more time then you've got nothing to give i love that perspective and yes i think that and i always find it baffling and i was guilty of this too when i first began but like I wouldn't go to a corporate job and be like, you can hire me for the cheapest like rate possible. I, that's like weird. You'd be like, here's my standard. Here's what I charge. Now, obviously like when it comes to pricing, it's in this world, it's like, it's, it's crazy. And it's all relative. Right. But, um, go with what, and I always say like to work it backward, just hourly, like how much time you're actually spending, what makes the most sense in terms of, like maybe your hourly rate or like what feels good for you. Sometimes we're able to articulate that, like, and our brain's able to say, okay, that price point makes sense. And then eventually you outgrow that, that method. But how did you go from charging really, really low, doing things to be affordable or cheap, which, you know, I hate those words and, or doing it for free. How did you go from like, okay, this clearly is not working to like, I need to, to raise my standard when it comes to pricing. What was that jump like for you? If you can recall. Yeah. Well, I guess, first of all, like I compared when I started and was like trying to figure out my prices, I did do like some comparison, like what others had there. Um, and I did start off from like, pretty much the same prices but with those prices I noticed like I I don't have any free time like I don't I don't have time to plan um and then I started it with nudging it felt a lot safer for me that I just nudged like little bit little bit little bit because I I can say I wasn't ready for like a really big jump and I know not everybody feels like really comfortable with it especially like having two kids and stuff um so that worked really well for me. So I just started little by little nudging it. I saw I worked. And then like, you know, sometime later I was like, okay, like I still don't have any free time that I need to go higher. So it just, I grew the self-esteem, the confidence by seeing that it worked. And then I was now like the latest one was like a bigger dump and now I'm exactly where I want it to be so that I have like freedom in my calendar to, to do creative things and plan and yeah. If that's an indication for you to raise your prices, I do agree with the nudging. I feel like we, especially in the online space, we kind of preach like charge more and it's like, okay, but what is more? And for all of us, that will be unique to each, each individual. But, um, I think, and again, my prices change all the time, but like nudging, going a little higher, a little higher, a little higher. And eventually like what you said, it just, you've landed and you're like, this feels really good. I want to stay here. So no right or wrong answer there. But I, I feel like when it comes to the quality too of work is like, I won't hire people now if like they're too cheap. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I want, I have to have skin in the game too. So just when it comes to pricing, just know that it's got to be worth it for both parties. And that includes the person who is paying you as well. So I love, love, love that. Now that I think about it, how many of us are like, I got to wait till I decide my price. I have to wait until I decide my brand voice. I have to wait. I have to wait. I have to wait. I have to wait. And you're just wasting so much time. Looking back now, one of the things that I did do, I didn't realize until you said it, was 
I was always showing up and posting value, tips, tricks, hacks, my ideas, my stories. Like I was just, I was showing up and I had no idea what the F I was doing. I was just doing, I was just showing up. And then, and then when I did decide, yeah, pricing offer, that's why it felt a lot more, I think, seamless as I wasn't like, okay, here's the thing. Now I'm selling it and building social media at the same time. It was like, I already had so much backfilled like logging in my social media that it made it a lot easier. I love that piece of advice. Um, it just in your opinion, when you were building your social media, how did that like look for you when it came to quitting your nine to five, going into the sleep coaching? Like how did you utilize social media? How did you sell if, if that's helpful too? Like what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> I think, well, the challenge for, first of all, is I think is that, um, new business owners, they don't start their social media accounts soon enough. Like, I mean, when you're still kind of like planning your business stuff, you can still get it started. If it's not like completely, you know, 100% certain, okay, this is what I'll do. You can still start, start it and then just like get it go, bro. Sorry. Uh, just get it going and start creating that audience to start building it as soon as you can. Like that's, that's the first piece, because like I said, you can, you know, you can still be experimenting, even though you have the account, like nowadays, everybody, pretty much everybody is using, you know, to some extent, some social medias. So the, there are just so many possibilities in there. Like I get probably like, I mean, I haven't run, run like any numbers, but I get like probably 80, 90% of my customers just from social media. What would you say to someone who is like, am I ready? Like, am, I'm nervous. Like, there's a lot of apprehension, I think, when it comes to being seen and not being an expert enough. And you were just studying. So what? How is? how would you direct or how would you give advice to someone who is nervous about not being ready enough? Like like you said, like you did. I, I was sharing like tons of value, like all kinds of tips and tricks and like how can you improve sleep? Like I just tried to give like as much value as I could. And then one thing that I did use that worked really well is that part of the study is I had to have like um, volunteer clients there or practice clients. So I got those, all of them through social media. So when I actually started selling, I already had mm, maybe close to thousand or maybe about thousand like people in my community on social media. So that was like a really good like kickstart to my account. And there's always more to learn. Like there are things that I don't know, like you're teaching me things now that I'm like, this is so interesting. But like, even that I'm like, we don't know. And we're not expected to know everything. So I think that that's a fear of ours. It's like not real. It's like, even in a corporate job, you're not expected to know everything from the get go. It's just like, if I can reflect something back to you, Jenny, that I think that you do so well and what's made it, I think a lot easier, we're going to say for you, but this goes for everyone is you're passionate about it passion is the most important piece. Like for me, you couldn't shut me up. I was like, I just loved, I loved sharing it. It's like when you read your favorite book or you find your favorite restaurant, like you want to tell the world about it. That's how my work felt. Same thing for you. And you were integrated in your work, meaning you were living what you were talking about. You weren't just like regurgitating information that you read in the textbook. It was, you were living it real time. So that's what makes it so different is I think that when we are starting out, especially there's fear in being seen in the integration process. Like we're like, well, I'm not there yet, or I'm not like at the end result yet. Therefore I can't teach it. But it's like, when you're in the thick of it, 
there's so much beauty in what you can just teach two steps behind you of like what you've learned and what you've actually tried. It wouldn't probably land as, as great as it would have if you weren't, didn't have kids and weren't trying what you were learning, right? Like that's how you created what you created. So I just wanted to throw that back at you because the passion and the integration, I think are two main pieces that you do really, really well. Well, I think what really matters is that even when I was studying, like I was, of course, I was learning like new things all the time. I did know, you know, from those certain topics, I did know pretty much more than almost all the people in my audience. Like I don't, I didn't need to know them like so, so deeply, but I just like, I, I made posts about the topics that I knew that I was studying, that I learned. And then, you know, people would ask about those topics. And yes, I was confident answering those topics. And then if there was something I didn't know, I mean, usually on social media, you don't need to have the answer right away. Like if I didn't know, then I was like, yeah, just let me answer that soon. Like I'll just check into it, look into it first. And then I answered. So you definitely like wherever you are, there are people that are still like kind of like behind you that you can teach. Like, I mean, it, it makes it so much easier to build a business, you know, somewhere where, where you feel passionate about. Like, if, if it was just like, yeah, I don't care, then the results would be like, yeah, I don't care. Huge. Biggest mistake I see, and I see a lot of seasoned entrepreneurs make this as well. And I want to point back to what Jenny had said earlier was she wanted more space. She wanted more time. And she realized when her pricing was too cheap, she was doing shit for free. She's like, this is not working for me. And... You decided not to just say, okay, let me raise my prices and continue taking on a lot of clients. You were like, I want to have more space. Therefore, the master classes and the group kind of containers, that felt the most exciting for you. And I just want to reflect that back because I feel like in this space as well, we get told it has to be one-on-one coaching or it has to be this, it has to be that. And you were like, no, I did what felt good for me long-term and for right now. So I'm going to hand that back to you. But what, what do you see when it comes to the big picture and long-term that people don't typically think about or, or realize? Well, it's kind of like a little bit tying in the previous ones. So it's that you focus only on like today, what's happening right now, instead of thinking like, where do you want your business to be in one month or three months or six months or one year? Yes. And, and I feel like, and I got to go back to what you said earlier, because you said that um, when it comes to creation, the clarity piece, we, we, we clog ourselves so much with just piling on so much to do that we have no creative freedom. We have nothing left to give. So, which is so huge because no one talked about that when I first started, everyone was like, make as much money as possible. Blah, And you get like, you're in the high of like the creation and seeing it work that you forget that there's more than just for today. Right. It's, and especially when you have children and uh, like a long-term vision, like you have to, it's just so important that I'm so glad you brought that up because again, it all ties all back into each other. Yeah, for sure. So anything else, any other advice that you'd give when it comes to a new entrepreneur when they're just getting their feet wet? Well, I think it, exactly like the long-term goals that they have. Like if you want to have more freedom, then why do you fill your calendar with one-to-one clients so that you don't have time to do anything else? Like if you want to have freedom, then you need to have well, for example, the time to make plans, like how are you going to create that freedom? Like, what does it look like? What do you need to emphasize? Like I, I needed to emphasize group programs and, and masterclasses and those things because I wanted to sell more of those. 
So then I, I needed to get out there and make them, first of all, like make them good so that, you know, the client experience is like really good. So people want to get them and they give good feedback on them. But really like, then I just needed to sell them more. And I can't echo that enough because when I first started, I had eight clients a day calls. I don't think I went to the bathroom. I don't think I ate or drank. I was just like, and then after I was so drained and I loved my clients, I did it, but I didn't know that there was like another way. So I wish I had this conversation when I first started because it was, it was hustle culture. It was, again, you guys, I've been on social media since before Instagram stories were a thing. So like not to age myself, but it's been a while. Um, and it just doesn't, it didn't exist then. So I'm just, I'm so glad that you're here and that you're doing this. And I love that you built a, a successful business and now you want to teach people how to do it this way. The, and I would argue the right way, the easy way. Cause I feel like we think that it has to be hard and you're like, no, let me show you different. So I, I cannot thank you enough for, for being here on the rich man podcast. And again, richness comes from the living life, the way that you want to live it, running a business, the way that you want to live it is what we stand for here. So how can the people who listen to the podcast, how can they connect with you, follow you? Where, where can they find all things, Jenny? Um, well, I'm at the moment, Instagram, that's, that's my thing. I want to concentrate on that. So on Instagram and uh, my profile is it's Jenny Hanninen. Perfect. I will add her, all of her juicy information, in the description notes for you guys to, to connect with her, but again, follow her. And again, she is, she exudes passion, integration. And again, I admire you because as a soon to be mom, I'm like, you do it. So it, you, you've provided the proof to that I need to, to understand that it's, it's actually, it's doable and possible and, and you've made it work. So thank you so much. 